I can't remember an election when there has been such a yawning chasm between the two possible futures for this country. America first. America first. What we are against is the teaching of contested political ideas as if they are accepted facts. The British are too big to bully. If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on earth. This is the last stand on earth. The last stand on earth. Hello and welcome back to another episode on the Other View podcast. Um, we're really excited to have you listening. So let's get into what we've got to talk about this week. Um, I think the biggest thing that's been causing issues left, right and centre um, all over the country has been a shortage of of lorry drivers, of heavy goods vehicle drivers. Um, it's been causing problems with petrol, food, um, literally anything that gets transported by a lorry. Um, and the media's hyped it up. There's been panic buying of fuel, huge queues at petrol stations. Um, so, yeah, what's people's, what's people got to sound that from? Um, I think the first thing... Like my conspiracy theory brain, uh, <laughs> the first thing that like comes to mind is like the plan, the electric car plan by twenty thirty. Um, obviously, people with electric cars are like chilling right now; don't have to get petrol or diesel. Um, and yeah, people obviously. I mean, this is if you had something big to do this weekend, you didn't have petrol. Like, it's actually a big deal for like a load of people. I mean, I'm fine. But I'm sure this has like ruined a lot of people's plans. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it is it is more extreme than our toilet paper shortage last year, um, and I think it's probably um, I don't know probably brought into the forefront of people's minds. Okay, like if this is going to be like something that happens more than just once, then we need to think about buying an electric car or something. You know, like. I think, I don't know, that's just what I thought of when I first yeah. saw, saw all the cues and stuff and heard about it. Because it is quite crazy how panicked people are. And rightly so, I suppose, for a lot of people. Because, yeah, if they have stuff to do, like... You Businesses, like companies that involve driving. I know my roommate's, uh, um, like, does sound tech, so he has to get around in his van. And uh, if the fuel was to run out or even just locally have shortages, then it stops people working. Yeah, exactly. We do, I have, know. we do have the fuel stores. I just think it's the driver shortage that doesn't connect the dots between yeah. the fuel depot and the fuel station or the petrol yeah. station. Oh, yeah, and I'm sure there's not a shortage of petrol, yeah. but a shortage of it in the right places. Yeah. Um, I know as well, like, the... It's causing issues in like unrelated areas now as well. Because I know on the, the buses that run in Grimsby, um, all the like a, a high percentage of the bus drivers have decided that it's more economically lucrative to go and become lorry drivers because of the bounties that companies are offering for people to train as lorry drivers. Um, to the extent that what was it, Monday morning. There was no buses for 40 minutes on a route that's supposed to be every 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, and then, the, like the week before, 
the bus decided the driver only did half the route, didn't complete the route because it was his brake then and there wasn't anyone else to replace him. We just dumped the whole bus in the middle of middle of Grimsby and didn't complete the route sort of thing. Oh my god. <laughs> it's a very French thing to do. <laughs> I think um yeah, it was only a few weeks ago that we saw like all that stuff about lorry drive drivers needed and how it's actually quite a like good paying career mm. to have. And then now this has happened, it's just a bit. Mm. Yeah. All right. Here's the thing on this. So my dad was a lorry driver for 15 years. So I have countless memories going all around the country in his lorry. What Brexit hasn't caused this. It's acted as a catalyst for the inevitable. Maybe about a decade ago, the lorry firms were like, how can we save money? I know, we'll just bring in a load of Eastern European workers who want the money and we'll give them barely any wages, terrible conditions, and the British drivers all started leaving. Then eventually yeah. the Poles got used, realised that they were being took for. They left, they brought more Eastern Europeans in, more British drivers were leaving the industry that this is the haulage industry has caused this itself for years. They've been underpaying drivers, making them go through awful conditions, overworking them. And now that Brexit and COVID has hit and all the Eastern European drivers have gone, they've got no barely any British drivers left. I think there's like 80,000 qualified British lorry drivers who've not gone back to the industry because it's not worth it. Even with this swap 50 grand pay because it's so terrible and they've caused this themselves. Mm. It's good to get some in, insider. Yeah. Well, the British lorry drivers have caused this problem. Well, no, it's the Hollish firms that have. All oh, right, sorry. Okay. The, yeah. Because the, the, they've pissed all the British drivers off to the point where they've left. Now they can't get any cheap European labour to replace them. Mm. The thing is, it's, not even, it's probably like, it's more than that. They It's more than. That they've pissed them off. It's it's like British people can't afford to to work under those conditions or wages and have a family, whatever. Like, um, yeah. So I suppose it's just a lot. That's like a lot of kind of lower skilled jobs, I suppose. Like or whatever. Why why would you work five days a week away from your family, waking up at three in the morning every day for? For what 20, 20 something grand? Mm. It's not why well, it's not worth it. No, no, but then, like, the British, like, when this happens in not just that industry, but you know, lots of industries, and British um, workers get called lazy. Do you know what I mean? It's like we get called lazy, and then it's like, but Eastern Europeans can do it, and we just don't want those shops. It's like, well, it's not, it's just for us, it's it's not economically viable to do that. Whereas a lot of those Eastern Europeans, you know, they'll be sending money back to their country where it's worth a lot more as well. I don't know. So it's... And it, it's, it's quite a funny attitude that these go happy, uh, everyone deserves a fair wage, liberals, their solution to an employment crisis is bring a lot of desperate Europeans who will work for borderline slave wages and that's okay. It's, it's not really a, it's not really a proper solution, is it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, 
do we think it's going to last this shortage? How long do you think this will go on for? Years. Yeah, it will go on for a while. I think it's 100,000 the short of drivers. That's combined of COVID delaying tests and they're saying Brexit. Again, Lewis has shed some light on to how that may not be true. Mm. Um, but are, they, are they going to grant like temporary visas to people? Yeah. Temporary work visas, yeah. They need to do something because that's uh, a bit of a big gap, 100,000. Mm. I mean, if for it's worth, if anyone's interested, you just go on YouTube and search like lorry driver crisis. There's hundreds of lorry drivers who are all saying the exact same thing on yeah. camera. Mm. Should we talk about how the lorry drivers can't get anywhere because of Insulate Britain? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mo- moving on to that. Another road crisis. <laughs> yes. So we've seen over the last couple of weeks the uh, number of the Insulate Britain protesters running onto the M25, gluing them to the road surface and then hoping they don't get run over. Um and then the government got an injunction against them, so they had to stop doing it on the M25, so they've just moved down the road to Dover um, and are now clogging up the port as well. Um, so now they think the government have gotten another injunction against them to stop them being in Dover port. So we'll see where they go on Monday, I guess, because trying to trying to raise awareness for how people should influence and insulate their homes um, by gluing themselves to the the road surface and creating even more pollution with six hour tailbacks seems like the perfect way to fight against climate change i'm sure they're doing a really really great job and it's worth pointing out that especially compared to planes ferries are very economical and very good for the environment so i'm not sure what blocking dover does for that i don't think they i don't think their aim is to the problems they i think they're just trying to raise awareness which to be fair to them they have done like they the, the media is covering them quite a bit i think if the media ignored them they'd probably stop but the media can't ignore them when or was it one woman her son was trying to drive her to hospital because she had a stroke and now she's permanently paralyzed because they were stuck in a six-hour queue yeah it's awful yeah. what sorry Sorry for my ignorance. What are they? What is Insulate Britain actually fighting for? They want all homes to be fully insulated. Oh, <laughs> okay, all right. They say they say it's the easiest way to fight against climate change is to insulate your house and save on heating costs. Right. <laughs> it just seems very trivial, doesn't it? But I mean, I know it's not. Yeah. But it, it does seem. Obviously, I mean, we saw. We saw the one on um, on um, Good Morning Britain um, when he got asked if he'd insulate his house um, when he hadn't, and then stormed off set. So, how can how could like how can you fight for something and not have done it yourself? How can because, you be on a TV show? Because I, I would imagine because he wants the government to pay for it on his behalf. Oh, that, okay, right. <laughs> because rather than rather than working and earning the money to be able to insulate his own house he's glued himself onto the road <laughs> and demand the government pay it for him because that's an effective way of making money <laughs> should they 
should they be should the government be allowed to remove them yes yes <laughs> i'm 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 all for them having the right to protest and rally if they want to yeah. there is a difference between rallying and protesting and making the whole of the country hate them by snarling up the whole of the economy causing people serious injuries delaying ambulances fire engines police cars and just generally causing havoc and not really doing anything like the, the if they want to try and like it's the same with extinction rebellion blocking the whole of london up like blocking tower bridge with their caravan and van that they did they're not they're not proving anything they're not mm. they're not helping mm. the government aren't going to listen to them because then they'd give in to the demands prove that it works or at least i'd hope they wouldn't but who knows like you can't the government couldn't listen to them and do what they say now because then they just demonstrate that causing havoc works mm. yeah yeah that's the problem. They don't process. They just cause havoc and cause criminal damage, and just mm. it's the criminal group. Do I... Sorry, go. Go. No, no, it's fine. Just okay. ranting. Off. I was just ranting off on all the environmental groups. <laughs> no, I was just thinking because when I saw the pictures of um this uh, insulate Britain people at the port of Dover, like there's only a few of them on the road. Surely, like, if you're a lorry driver, you just get out of the car and just try and, like, get, like, literally pull them. Yeah, but one guy, one guy, when they were on the M25, got out of his car, dragged them to the side of the road and then got arrested for it. <laughs> Jesus I've always believed if you stand in a road, you, you will run the risk of being ran over. I've always believed. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I saw, I heard this listening to one of them on the radio and he was saying how he... It's such an emergency. The the risk he's he could die from climate change. So risking his life to 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 fight again, fight for just climate justice in this huge climate emergency that Britain's facing was a justified justified method of doing it. <laughs> it's like no. Are you are you guys worried about climate change? Nah. <laughs> Interesting, no. Interestingly. That every time I see protests like this, it puts me off the whole cause even more, to be honest. Yeah, when so. I see them causing yeah. all these problems, it makes me care less about the whole issue. Um, and to be honest, Britain is doing all it can. It's China and India that will be the, the countries yeah. that prevent us from making... Britain, Britain's, what, 17th on the, the list of countries pollution-wise? It does less than 1% of the world's population. China's still building coal-powered power stations in their own on their own territory now that they've stopped it in other people's territory, and they contribute what thirty-eight percent is it thirty-six, thirty-eight percent of the the pollution over twice as much as their nearest other country, which is America. But haven't they got like three times the population of America? Most of which live in poverty. Uh. That's true. Yeah, like yeah. all of their pollution comes from one district, pretty much, where all the industry is. Yeah, oh god, that must imagine living there. No. Fucking hell. Yeah. 
Okay. Lewis, are you big on climate change? Sorry? Are you big on climate change? Nah. <laughs> Fair enough. I can't imagine being one of these people who are... <laughs> thing is, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a big difference between trying to live sustainably, like, in terms of, like, the amount that we throw... Like, for example, there's a big difference between living sustainably and thinking about what you put in the bin and where it ends up and wanting to save the world like yeah. there's a there's a difference between for example the pollution that litter causes in the oceans which is an issue and the pollution that goes into the atmosphere that is a bit harder to control as an individual yeah it's like you can only do as much as like it comes it should start like in your own home kind of thing yeah being mindful of like how much we consume mm. when we to, i mean like half of these like i mean leftist people they're like the ones trying to keep up with all the fashion trends and whatever and it's like well you're the one buying like fast fashion all the time i'm not the yeah. one buying <laughs> stuff like that you know what i mean it's like yeah actually a lot of it is very hypocritical um yeah, I don't know. Well, uh, speaking of China and AUKUS, yeah, Australia's new um, nuclear submarines that uh, really wound the French up. We love fantastically. Yeah, I was going to say the best part of the best part of the US, the UK, and the and Australia working together on these submarines is the fact that we've really, really irritated the French. So. The French have had an ambassador with the US for goodness knows how long, and they've recalled it. I think it's hilarious. The Anglosphere is back. <laughs> I, I do wonder when will France return their ambassadors? Because it must be quite awkward to I go think back. They are to America after Biden and Macron had a chat, but Scott Morrison, good old Scott, is uh, staying, standing firm. And uh, there's no sign of them returning to Canberra anytime soon. Um, I just wish they'd recorded it. Well, I mean, them. I mean, the French ambassadors are probably quite glad to be out of Australia with all the lockdowns and totalitarianism going on there. So, Australia's like not the destination to be at the moment. France isn't much better, though, is it? <laughs> no, France is also um, well. Australia-esque with its COVID passports and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but at least, well, I don't know about France, but at least I don't think they're beating people up in the street for not wearing a mask like they are in Australia. The police, I mean. But anyway, let's um, let's let's get back to the topic we're supposed to be talking about. <laughs> um, yeah, do you think that Britain and America should have undermined France's deal and? gone out on their own with Australia do you think that it's going to be necessary or do you think they're just playing war games for no reason I think it's brilliant um, for those people who don't know what AUKUS is I'm sure you will do it's effectively a intelligence sharing and military pact between the UK the US and Australia the main component being the UK and the US will share 
nuclear sub technology for the first time in decades with Australia. So they can build their own little nuclear fleet. Um, so yeah, I think it'll bring a lot more stability to the Indo-Pacific. It'll effectively double America's nuclear sub presence in that area. Um, and yeah, it's clearly for China's increasing um, grip on areas in the South China Sea and places. So, so then they're just nuclear powered, aren't they? They're not nuclear equipped. No, no. but the the advantages uh, of these nuclear submarines compared to the diesel electric ones that the French were trying to sell them is huge. They can stay underwater for pretty much forever. They're a lot more faster. They're more efficient. That they are nuclear submarines are quite literally probably some of the most deadly weapons in war. These these diesel submarines that the French were going to buy them, they're slower, they have to pop up to recharge the batteries and more vulnerable. Australia could have these on the coastline of China and they'd have no idea. This is why they're such a game changer for the region. Yeah. I think it's in stages of four, so that they build four, then they order four more, build them, order four more. (laughs) They were going to buy 12 French ones and then they're going for eight. American. It's a much better trade. Much better. But like Scott yeah. Morrison said, it's Australian tax money. So whether you're spending billions on electric or nuclear, it's about which ones are best. Yeah, exactly. We think it'll counter China's um, resurgence in the area. You'd hope so, wouldn't you? It'll annoy them at least. Um, but I guess time will tell. Anyway, I think we'll uh, we'll draw the the conversation to a close there. Um, thank you very much for listening. Um, let us know what you think. Do you think that uh, think that Australia was right to abandon the French deal and switch to the Anglosphere, or do you think that they should have stayed with France? Um, do you think that we should be switching to electric and just abandoning petrol whilst we've got the shortages? Um, let us know. Send us a message. Use the hashtag TOV podcast um, so we can see it. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Goodbye and see you soon. Long live the cause of freedom. <laughs>